this time on Holy Ghost Notes. I'm still affected by caffeine after 5 p.m. I'm rubbing off on you, man. And I really don't appreciate that. You know, I'd probably be scared if there was a giant spider. Now how do we make this not about drum? Hey, this is Tim and Matt. And you know what you're listening to because you turned it on. It's the Holy Ghost Notes podcast. How are you doing, Matt? That was good. What's I like that on? intro. I'm doing great, man. Yeah. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Getting better at intros, that's for sure. <laughs> I can tell. That was really good. 31 episodes in, you know, we're, we're starting to figure out what we're doing, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think you get tired of hearing your own voice, so you start to come up with creative ideas. <laughs> that's it, yeah. But the thing is, there are people that are only listening to this for the first time, so they're probably like, oh, that's how they start the Holy Ghost Notes every time? Yeah. It's like... That's a different version of uh, what I was expecting. <laughs> it's not quite but what I But for yeah, us, we just, we just need it. We need, we need to distract ourselves <laughs> from <laughs> the status quo. Matt, you're getting good. You're, I'm rubbing off on you, man. You're, I you're know. starting to tie, tie in. Uh, you're, you're, you're getting clever. Are you taking credit for my ability to be clever? Uh, a little bit. I can tell, yeah, and I really don't appreciate that <laughs> okay. at all. That is not, that is, it's, man, you know what, it's probably true, but you shouldn't say it, especially. It's not, it's not true. In a recording, in this environment, it's just cruel, because yeah. now people are laughing at my expense, and I can't even defend myself. So. <laughs> well, for those of you that don't know, Matt and I don't actually, like, hang out. Like, we don't throw down. Oh, we no. don't, like, watch sports together or anything. When we talk, we pretty much will get on for a few minutes before we start the episode, and then and then we talk during the episode, and then it's like, all right, see you next time. And that's pretty <laughs> much the gist of our communication. So for me to rub yeah, off on him is, is a little advantageous, I would say. <laughs> that's true. And if there was a sport on TV, I would watch it with you because oh, I am you. so – hungry for sports and there's just nothing to watch i agree with you there i am so ready for football to come back oh man me too i can't wait me too man i love football so much i actually can i talk about this go for it thing that you haven't heard me talk about yet (laughs) sure (laughs) i definitely haven't heard it before uh (laughs) no you haven't heard this this is new okay this is actually new okay Oh, this is new. Okay. 100%. All right, take it away. So, Tuesday nights, I have a soccer league. Mm-hmm. Okay? Okay. I started this, like, 10 years ago. It used to be that we would have a bunch of kids playing soccer together because what else were you going to do on a Tuesday night? Now, it's majority of the same people, but most people are married. And so they're just looking forward to this night where they can get out. Mm-hmm. Either they're bringing their family, their kids with them, and the you know, their wife and kids, or even sometimes uh, their wives are playing. Cool. In most cases, it's, it's just the husbands. But it's a good night to get out. And it's for a lot of these friends of mine, it's a good way to um, get your exercise in, see the guys. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we've been doing this for a while. We have a lot of fun. Tuesday night, I went. And before every game, on my way drive there, I think to myself, what's the worst possible thing that could happen tonight? that I'm sitting right here in my truck driving home, and, and this is what happened to me. It's a terrible thing. And I think, well, broken ankle, broken leg, 
Broken neck, broken back. A lot of breaks, a lot of sprains, a lot of potential for harm here as it mm-hmm. pertains to my ability to play drums. So I take that caution with me and sort of air to the wind and say, I'm not going to do anything stupid. If someone else has the ball, I'm not going to fight him for it. It's not worth it. Mm-hmm. I can't afford to have anything bad happen to my body. Nobody can, but like, I'm just not willing to put myself in harm's way. So right. I always play pretty carefully, which makes me not the greatest soccer player because in order to be really good, you have to be aggressive. Mm-hmm. So Tuesday night, I was playing with a friend of mine named Carlos. He was on the opposing team, and he's very good. The ball was in the air. I went up for it. The ball came down. I came down for it. The ball bounced off Carlos. And I wasn't able to stop. And I ran into his shoulder, into his collarbone area. Yeah. Guess what part of me hit his shoulder? My Adam's apple. I haven't felt a sensation like that before. I don't know if you've Mm. ever had that happen to you, Tim. Have you you had that happen? Not to that extent, no. Okay. Well, if you're listening to this and if you've ever been in a brutal fight, and you've had that blunt force trauma, you know the feeling. It sort of makes you feel like you're going to pass out, mm-hmm. puke, and wish you were dead all at the same time. Yeah. So I was just sort of like bounced off of him and trying to figure out where I am, what to do next, if I can talk, if I can swallow, if I can breathe. You know what I mean? It was. Yeah. It, it's not something you're used to having to come back from. You don't right. really know how to respond. So it hurt. My throat was sore. My entire neck was sore. I had a headache. I got home that night, Tuesday night, I Googled, what do I do if I hurt my Adam's apple? And almost all the Google results I saw that were applicable and helpful were in regards to if I had lost a fight, a fist fight. (laughs) I'm like, okay, well, I sort of feel like I lost a fight. Um, It was friendly and... Amicable and unintentional, but man, does this hurt. So I'm call my brother Jesse, who's an NP. Jesse, I just searched. I can't find anything helpful. What am I supposed to do? Oh, it'll be fine. You'll wake up tomorrow morning. You'll feel great. I'm like, all right. Well, right now it hurts to talk, and my voice sounds four octaves lower. So I woke up the next morning even worse. Dude. Oh, jeez. I'm like, well, my voice is forever different. Never the same ever again, and I'm just going to have this painful Adam's apple. So... Went about the day, called Jesse again. Jesse, what do I do? It still hurts. Oh, it'll be gone tomorrow, no problem. So that was Wednesday night. So Thursday morning, I woke up. Worse. It was worse. <laughs> I'm like, I'm never playing soccer again, ever again. Okay, well, today's Thursday, and in the last five or six hours, it has improved significantly. I knew I, I, knew I was going to record today, and obviously this requires an enormous amount of talking. So mm-hmm. I was concerned. And I'm really glad that I'm able to do this. Um, but that is the reason that my voice does not sound like my voice. Mm. So, I, note to self. It's a missed opportunity, I think. We could have had you on as a guest. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. We should have done that. Um, yeah, I screwed that up. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. My note to myself is... Maybe it's time to hang up the cleats unless I'm willing to go in there and, like, social distance yeah. soccer. Yeah, social distance <laughs> soccer. <laughs> yeah, which sounds awful. It does sound pretty awful. And, really, and just really dumb. I'm willing to take the risk. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't played sports in a while. Uh, I'm definitely itching to get back into some kind of 
physical activity that doesn't include drumming. I love drumming, but uh, there's nothing like getting out there with some friends and playing sports. I was into oh, Ultimate Frisbee for a long time. I used to play that once a week uh, for hours, and that was mm-hmm. like my release. But yeah, it's been uh, it's been a while. I need to get back into it. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for sports to come back. Until then, I'll keep playing. But yeah, honestly, if you're listening to this and you play drums, you probably have a few stories of your own. Um, you know what it's like to have that moment of like, am I going to be able to play? Can yeah. I still play? You know, mm-hmm. that's how you know you love drums. If the first thought you have isn't, can I drive? Can I walk? <laughs> um, can I, can I lay down to sleep at night? It's like, yeah. can can he play? Can he play? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Well, uh, yeah, there's actually, um, <clears throat> there's, there's a member of our inner circle, uh, Brandon, uh, who... He actually got injured while playing drums. He was in a, a drum line and uh, broke his leg while playing drums and couldn't play drums for a while. And I know that was tough on him. <laughs> so shout out to Brandon. Um, Whoa. <laughs> he, just, uh, he actually just recovered from it, so he's back on the kit. Um, so he broke his leg while playing drums. Yeah, like you know how like the drum line they they like move around, they walk around and they do like different uh right. uh lineups and stuff. So it was while he was walking, I think uh uh so, like someone fell and he tripped over them and broke his leg. I, mm. I forget. He he shared the video. It was painful to watch. Um but uh Man. Yeah. Yeah. Not fun. <laughs> no. Well, that's that's like a friend of mine I used to teach him. He's oh, like, yeah. hey, I got to show you something on our first lesson. I got to show you something. All right. So he sends me a video. It's on his Instagram. Him skateboarding. From what I remember, he ollies or does a, a rail, mm-hmm. crashes down on his wrist, breaks it, gets back up, does it again. Guess what? Breaks it again. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I thought it was just a repeat <laughs> or a loop of the same fall. It was the same <laughs> exact spot and the same mistake or failure, Jeez. if you will. His wrist was shattered. Wow. Shattered. And he mentioned this before we did the lesson because he's like, listen, I have limited movement in my left in, in my left wrist. You know, I can't, I don't have the fluidity I once had. Yeah. It's sort of like Adam Gray. He used to ride motocross and, and he has this, Adam has this huge scar on his, his forearm. Goes mm. from his wrist, I think it goes like past his elbow. Jeez. And obviously it hasn't, really affected his ability to play but he does talk about it from time to time i think it tightens up and Mm. it hurts when you know the weather changes or that sort of thing yeah jeez so be careful drummers i mean my band tells me that don't play don't ride four-wheeler be careful on the tractor you hear all that stuff it goes in one year out the other but you know i think it's important to note that if you really do love playing drums just be mindful of the fact that all of these other things might not matter as much as you being able to do this the rest of your life. And I'm, I'm telling myself that because I love playing soccer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if I hurt myself playing soccer, what did I accomplish in soccer over the last 10 years that's notable and something that I'm going to remember beyond just having fun? With drumming, it's, you're compromising so much yeah. just to have that fun two-hour experience on a Tuesday night. So yeah. just keep that in mind that's next true. time you're doing something like that. Yeah. 
Yeah, if you're if you're looking to play at a professional level, especially you know, or you are playing at a professional level, I mean, your body is. It's not just drumming. I mean, really, really anything that requires your uh, your limbs to function properly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you yeah. gotta you know take it seriously. Be careful. That's what you know. Sports players they see their bodies as you know they they have to basically protect their bodies at all means. Um, yeah. Because you know. One injury can take you out of the game. Oh change yeah, change your entire sure. career. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, little little t- tangent, but uh, we've got some good topics today. Um, we're going to talk about uh, stage fright, um, and uh, on the uh, faith side, we're going to talk about distractions. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. So I like those topics. Let's uh, let's hop into stage fright. Yeah. Let's do it. Why don't why don't uh, why don't you get started with that, Matt? Because I I don't have a clear idea of what to uh, <laughs> what to say that will help here yet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. So stage fright. If you're in a band, you've probably experienced this at some point in your life. Tim, have you ever actually had stage fright in well, church or playing? With that's the thing. I I I've always been really comfortable on the stage. Um, I've had that oh. excitement and that. That momentum, yeah. See, I, I don't want to come across like a jerk. That's not my intent. But I, no, I'm no. just being honest. You're confident. Um, you know, I was I was in like musical theater when I was a kid, um, and so being on That's stage helpful. was kind of like a. It was exciting. You know, there was a rush. There was that adrenaline. You know, for sure. But I I can't say that I ever like froze up or was sweating profusely or anything like that. That. <laughs> It would kind of be considered mm-hmm. stage fright. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah. Okay. So when I was a kid, I had a speech impediment. We've talked about this on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. Well, somebody asked me years ago, how did you get over your speech impediment? And as I've talked about before, having a speech impediment or having a um, something that sets you back or an insecurity, something that you try to hide and protect and keep in the dark, um, it's it's – it's hard to keep things a secret when <laughs> it has to do with your speech. It has to do with yeah. socializing, mm-hmm. especially when you're in a band. So if you're listening to this and let's say you have an insecurity and that insecurity has to do with the way you look or the way you talk. Um, I know exactly what it feels like because for half of my life, I had a speech impediment. My speech impediment was so bad that I just didn't talk. And this was the case until I was about 20, 19 or 20. So as I was saying, when you have an insecurity or uh, a secret, something that you can't really help and you want to fix and you want to improve, but you can't figure out how to put it behind you, what tends to happen is that thing that takes up so much space and so much energy in your life eventually one day goes away. Mm -hmm. When asked about when you overcame that thing, that insecurity or disability, whatever it may be, a thing that um, really stood in your way, it's hard to dial in the day and time and minute and second when it happened. In fact, most times people can't do that. They look back and they say, well, I'm not really sure. I remember I had it, and here are a few instances which it was really hurtful, and the scars are there, and the hurt is still real. I bring it with me, things people said and did and the way they acted around me. But I don't have it anymore. And somewhere between then and now, 
it vanquished. <laughs> <laughs> it was mitigated. Some, somehow it's just gone. That's exactly what happened to me. Well, what is it that changed between my speech impediment life and my current life? Well, sometimes I still stutter, and it's a good reminder that I'm really blessed to be able to communicate with my words, with my mouth. Mm. I'm able to have a conversation with someone because, you know, it's really frustrating when you can't do that. And there yeah. are a lot of people who really struggle with this. Public speaking is the number one fear. Yeah. Last time I checked, which was years ago, but I'm sure it's still in the top five. Mm-hmm. It's really nerve-wracking and scares the crap out of a lot of people to talk in front of other people. And everyone has advice on how to get over this. Picture everyone in their underwear. Picture <laughs> everyone sleeping. It's like I, I tried all of this stuff. I was on medication. Nothing really worked. Nothing helped. We started the band in 2003. I still stuttered. We started playing shows. I still stuttered. Hmm. <laughs> I was in college. We went around our English class, and my teacher would say, Matt, you're the next in line. Read the next paragraph. And I'm like, pass. And just to say the word pass was hard. It was hard just to say a word because everyone knew what word I was supposed to say, which was either pass or the first word of the book. And both of those were hard because everyone knew I was supposed to say it. If someone expects something of you, it's hard to get it out. English class in college, starting the band, playing shows, meet and greets, talking to fans, family get-togethers. I mean, the whole nine. I'm 18, 19, now I'm 20. We went on our first U.S. tour with terror bury your dad scars of tomorrow and the terror guys would talk to me and so the the bury your dad guys and scars of tomorrow but terror terror maybe more so than the other guys and i was really intimidated by those dudes we had a completely different worldview in most cases different view on religion um just just you know general differences and Mm -hmm. the way that those guys were specifically scott vogel the vocalist he wanted to know what i had to say he was really good at asking questions about things that he didn't he knew he wouldn't agree on the answer to Hmm. and so i was like standing there like i can't even talk and this dude who i look up to is asking me this controversial question which i don't even first of all i don't (laughs) feel like i have the balls to answer it and then second of all I don't have the balls to answer it because I stutter. <laughs> well, it was on that tour that I started to build this sense of, I would use the word confidence. And the confidence really wasn't rooted in myself. It was rooted in the fact that, you know what? These guys are all human beings just like me, and they all have something. Mine is very visible. It feels like a mountain standing in front of me that I can't figure out how to climb. I cannot figure out how to get to the top of this thing. It just feels like Mount Everest times a couple. And everyone else is staring at, like, the highest peak in PA, which is 3,000 feet. But I just developed this ability to look at everyone around me and say, you know what? It's okay. I can just relax. I can breathe. And I can have confidence in the fact that I might mess up a couple words. But I have to stop pretending that everything is perfect in my life and speak, knowing that when I speak, things might come out. (laughs) Not so much the way I meant them to come out, which is going to show that the fact that I'm flawed. Yeah. Ultimately, when I came to terms with that, I one day looked back and realized I was not stuttering, at least nearly as much. Wow. That translated... And transcended into my ability to play um, with the band. And here's what I mean. Playing drums 
for me, it was always a sense of freedom because I didn't have to talk. Me talking was me swinging my sticks and running on these double bass pedals, right? And that I knew how to do. No one was going to judge me for that. And even if they did, dude, I did not care because I love doing this thing. It was mm-hmm. my way of talking. Right. Playing on stage in front of people was something that I think really um, – uh, what's the word? It helped me. It helped me get over something that was so deeply hurtful on a personal level, something so visible. And yet here I was on stage. What's more visible than that in front of five, six, seven, eight hundred people? But this, for me, was a sense of freedom, a sense of confidence, a sense of me really doing what I was supposed to be doing in life. Yeah. So stage fright. The amazing thing about this is that stage fright for me was a one-on-one conversation with somebody else. Stage confidence for me was playing drums in front of a room full of people. Mm. Stage confidence gave me what I needed to get over my stage fright, which was me having a one-to-one conversation with somebody else. So what I think would be good to talk about is what is your stage? Yeah. And what is your fright? Because everyone has an area of their life in which they are insecure and they really feel like they're coming up short. Yeah. Use that to show you the environment and the atmosphere in which those insecurities really rise to the top and then figure out how to work through it using the, the stage confidence, that, that other area of your life that gives you what you need to get through the stage fright. Yeah. Yeah, that's so true. I love how you broke that down. It's um, everyone has a stage. <laughs> everyone has that fear. So we could really call this rather than stage fright is just overcoming or, mm. you know, overcoming fear. And uh, I think it's huge. So let's, let's, let's break that down. Like practically, yeah. How do you overcome fear? That that fear is going to continue to be there. You're going to continue to be afraid of that thing until you overcome it. And maybe mm-hmm. even after you overcome it still. <laughs> you know, there's yeah. people who are afraid of spiders. Uh, I'm not one of them, but there are people who are deathly afraid. I know three people that come to mind right away. Yeah. <laughs> and if you're listening to this, you're probably smiling, uh, that are deathly afraid of spiders will literally scream. I mean, full, full grown adults will scream and run away and freak out if they see a spider. Um, <laughs> why? I don't know, uh, <laughs> but I'm sorry for anyone out there that's afraid of spiders. Um, usually probably I just, half our audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I catch it and put it outside or I squash it with something, but, uh, it's <laughs> not that big a deal. Although I don't catch live it, in make friends. <laughs> yeah. I don't live, uh, out West where there's some big scary spiders. So, I, you know, uh, I might not be as experienced there, but, um, you know, how do you, how do you overcome that fear? You, uh, you know, in general, you face it, you know, if even with, with stage fright, I think, um, a lot of people are afraid of, like you said, public speaking, you know, being in front of people, the more people are, that are in that crowd, the more intimidating it is, the more opinions you have, um, mm-hmm. you know, judging you. Um, so what do you do? You, you know, if you, if you uh, go up there and you freeze and it uh, and everything comes crashing down, it's going to make it even harder the next time <laughs> you have to go up there. Um, but why? It's because it's a lack of confidence, like you said. It's a lack of confidence in yourself. Um, and when mm-hmm. I say confidence, I'm not referring to um, 
cockiness. I'm not mm-hmm. referring to uh, being self-absorbed. I'm, I'm referring to just confidence that that y- you know what you're doing and you can do it. Um, mm-hmm. So as far as drumming is concerned or being on stage, um, if that is your fear, how do you overcome that? I would say be confident in your craft. Mm-hmm. How do you become confident in your craft? You practice all the time. <laughs> when you practice with your band, you, uh, you know, learn those parts. Know them like the back of your hand. Know them with, mm-hmm. you, you know, you can play that so, those songs with your eyes closed. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be intimidating that first time you get on stage. Um, I, like I said, I wouldn't label what I felt as stage fright. Um, but uh, I know it was different playing in front of people than Mm -hmm. it is by yourself. It always is. Um, There's Mm -hmm. just something different about that experience. Um, But what I can say is the more I did it, the more comfortable I felt. Um, Drums for me was, like Matt said, um, a little bit more freeing. Um, I felt like it was almost almost a a glass wall between me and the crowd Mm -hmm. Um, because what I had done... I agree. Was, but prior to that, I was singing and playing guitar. And, and when you're the singer, um, as I'm sure Jake would agree, um, mm-hmm. you're right in people's faces. They're looking at you. Uh, the highest percentage of people in that room are all looking at you as the front man or as the singer. Um, in order to put on a good show, you have to connect with those people, which means eye contact, which mm-hmm. means vulnerability. Um, and, and so... <laughs> The contrast from being a singer on stage, and even I use the guitar as a crutch. Like, I don't know if I could actually get up and sing without a guitar, mm-hmm. without being very intimidated, very nervous. Um, guitar was a crutch for me. Uh, drums is even more, like I said, a glass wall. I can go there, uh, get on the kit, no problem, because I'm confident, and <laughs> because I know it's not, I'm not the singer. Um, yeah. But so, practically speaking, let's identify what that fear is. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure when I say that, for most of you, there's something that automatically pops in your mind. Mm-hmm. Um, in most cases, it is uh, the reason you're afraid of that thing is because it's out of your control, right? Um, for me, uh, the things I'm afraid of are typically things that are just scary because they're out of my control Mm -hmm. um i don't have control over them maybe that's why spiders are so scary because you can't control them (laughs) they could be anywhere (laughs) and they have Uh, 700 legs and they have legs and yeah and they're creepy and Um, and honey i shrunk the kids scared you as a kid right that's That's probably when i picture uh well i guess in that it was was a scorpion right or or ants yeah it was it was it was a scorpion you're right but yeah (laughs) That's like, yeah. all right, That's that kind of scared me too. I yeah, got it. it is kind of scary. But, I mean, no, I'd I probably be scared if there was a giant spider. <laughs> I mean, I remember, like, I think it's Shelob in The Hobbit. I know some of you Inner Circle Lord of the Rings fans are, are probably uh, happy about this. But uh, Shelob, I think, I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right, but it was the giant spider right. in, uh, in The Hobbit that, uh, that Bilbo, I think, fights with his sword. Right. Um, yeah. That I mean, hey, if there was a gigantic spider that was 10 times my size, I'd definitely be afraid of it. <laughs> but I think often what we can agree is that, you know, the things that we're afraid of, it's, you know, the things that are out of our control. Um, mm-hmm. If we're going up on stage, the reason we're 
afraid of it is because it's out of our control. We can't control the, those people's uh, opinions of us. If we're not confident in what we're doing, then we can't control how that experience is going to go. Um, so my advice for you is figure out what you can control and hold on to that. I think that's why people suggest that tactic, like picture people with, you know, picture mm -hmm. everyone out there with their underpants on because mm -hmm. automatically it's giving you some kind of control over the mm -hmm. situation. It's mm -hmm. um, it's <laughs> putting them below you a little bit so that you're, uh, <laughs> it's, a, it's more relatable or something. I don't know. Um, but uh, I think we can approach just about any fear like that, right? Um, I don't know. So years ago, Jordan Mancino from Asley Dine was talking to me about, um, I think I asked him, I'm like, do you ever get nervous? He's like, well, I don't know that I get nervous, but I get sort of, I get nervous. I think he said he gets nervous. <laughs> now that I'm thinking about it, I don't know what else he would have, I don't anxious, know what other word maybe? he would have used. Anxious. That's, That's what probably, he said. Yeah, anxious. He said anxious, which anxious, the word anxious has always had a negative connotation to it. Does it for you too? Yeah, I think so. It's negative. Yeah, anxiety. Mm -hmm. It's derivative with, yeah. So it's derived from the word an, um, anxiety. anxiety. Um, to be anxious just seems like a negative thing. But the way that he explained it was different. So if you are a guy in a band, we're not speaking outside of the box on this. It's no longer metaphorical or figurative like, I used it a couple minutes ago. If you're in a band and you get stage fright, keep in mind what Jordan Mancino once said, which was this. The day I stop getting anxious when I get up on stage to play drums is the day I shouldn't be doing this anymore. Hmm. The day I no longer have this feeling when I get on stage, a feeling of anxiousness, is hmm. the day I shouldn't be doing this anymore. And that really stuck with me because what he was doing was he was propping up this idea of being nervous or anxious yeah he was saying this is actually what qualifies me to be doing this mm. i think there's truth in that there's fight or flight that kicks in when you get up on that stage you know it is time to go what would be the opposite emotion there it i think it would have to be apathy yeah this sure. this idea of like i don't really care about this like mm -hmm. When, when you see some people mowing their lawns, right? I'll, I'll drive by some of my neighbors mowing their lawns, and it's like, dude, you're, you're mowing the lawn. But, I mean, you could be making it look like a piece of art. <laughs> and all you're really doing is just taking grass blades that are this long, which if you can see me, you know, four or five inches, and you're just making them three inches. And there's, that's not all that much fun if you're not looking back at the end of the day going, dude, my lawn looks so good. <laughs> right? I mean, maybe all of you could care less about your lawn, but just use that as an example as to say, if you stop caring about something, maybe it's time to move into caring about it more if it's something you committed to or yeah. move on to something else if it's just a dumb hobby that you did as a kid and you're wasting an exorbitant amount of money on. Mm -hmm. And both of those things can be true at the same time. Like, there are things that we need to be more committed to. There are also things that we need to move on from and say, well, that was in the past, and I should probably move on to something that I care about more because you only get one life. So mm -hmm. with, with Stage Fright and with Jordan Mancino, his idea seems to be very appropriate in saying, when I get up on stage, I am actually pretty anxious to play, meaning I'm, I kind of got the jitters. Like, I've been warming up, and I'm, I'm sweating, but I'm like... 
all right, man, I'm just ready to do this, right? You get that, for, like for me, I get sweaty palms. Mm-hmm. I get sweaty palms. Like you can, I'll, I'll shake hands or I'll, I'll hold Jake's hand, you know, before a show and we'll pray. And he's like, dude, your hand is soaked. <laughs> I'm like, why is yours so dry, dude? Aren't you nervous? <laughs> it's like, you know, everybody has a different way of showing that. Uh, once again, mine's just odd. But um, <laughs> for you, you know, maybe just take, take a look at what that is for you. And if mm-hmm. it's a sense of like crippling fear, then I think it's probably something to work through. It would be yeah. similar to my speech impediment. How are you going to work through that? And to, to Tim's point, it seems like it really boils down to the sense of confidence that's rooted in humility that says, listen, everybody's really on the same playing field here. You don't have to pretend to be perfect because everyone isn't holding you to that standard anyway. And if they are, then forget them. Who cares? Mm -hmm. Their opinion doesn't matter. You're never going to be able to impress them anyway. Most of the people in the room are going to be aware of the fact that you are not perfect and that you are playing with a smile on your face you're loving what you're doing, and that's going to translate so much more. How do you do that? You get rid of the fear. What do you look like mm-hmm. if you're afraid? The opposite of happy. The <laughs> yeah. opposite of joyful, right? Yeah. So think about Jordan Mancino's approach the next time you sit down to play a show, which might be seven years from now. Uh, but next time you go to shoot a video and the red mm-hmm. light turns on, there's, su- there's such a thing as red light syndrome, as mm-hmm. soon as the video camera's rolling, you just, you shut down. You know, you get yep. that, sen- that, that sense of, of nerves. Yeah. And try, try to calm that with this idea that, hold on, I'm not perfect, and I just want to really enjoy this, and maybe the fact that I'm feeling this way means yeah. that I should be doing this. Yeah. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned red light syndrome because that's kind of where I was going to go with it. Um, and and uh, it's funny, you know, not to always bring back marketing, but I work, I work in a marketing company. We do a lot of video. Um, and it's always surprising to me how many clients get that. It's not a drum video in most cases. Usually it's just speech. Sometimes there's even a teleprompter there. Um, but as soon as that camera turns on, they could have just told me exactly what they were going to say and said it perfectly, uh, to me, to my face. But as soon as that red light pops on, they freeze. They don't know what they just said. They can't get the words out. Um, and I know I was like that at first with video, actually more so than standing on a stage, standing in front of a video and performing for whatever reason when that camera's rolling, there's more pressure. Um, and that's when I would freeze up or underperform. Um, and that's something I had to work through. And I think mm. um, this might not work for everyone, but I kind of had to visualize um, same thing, something that I didn't have control over. Visualize like, okay, yeah. What don't what don't I have? Like uh, like I just almost pictured like a ball in front of me. I yeah. I'm not holding on to that ball. That ball is not mine. That's the ball that I have to drop. That's the ball that <laughs> I um that is the reason why I can't get my head in the right space, why I can't perform the way I need to. And I would just visualize myself grabbing that ball mm. and holding on to it. And that's, that's cool. kind of my mental way of taking control of the situation and just saying, I don't have stage fright or I don't have this red light syndrome or the pressure. I'm not going to let the pressure get to me. I am in control. Um, So whether it's a ball that's (laughs) sitting in front of you or something else, you know, figure out what it is and, and decide to take control. I mean, in, 
in most cases, I think the things that we struggle with are are um, a lot of times, you know, balls in our court or things that we have control over or decisions mm-hmm. that we can easily make. You know, mm-hmm. um, we've talked about, um, you know, bitterness and we've talked about, uh, you know, love or happiness or, or joy. A lot of these things are just decisions. We just have to choose to not uh, to not be upset about this or to not be angry about this. We just have to choose to forgive this person or we have to choose not to be bitter about this situation. I think a lot of the times it is a mental thing and sometimes it's just a matter of making that decision and being confident in that decision and taking hold of it, taking control. Um, hmm, I like that. I think yeah. if you're listening to this and you're having a hard time with something, I just want to make sure that the empathy is translating here. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I am empathetic towards you if you have something in your life that is deeply personal and deeply hurtful. Both things true at the same time. Oftentimes those two things are synonymous. Um, deeply personal and deeply hurtful. We, we keep things personal because they are hurtful. Um, and, you know, I just want to say, just give yourself time and space to deal with it because yeah. you might wake up one day and you realize that it's, it's resolved. Some things will never resolve, at least this side of heaven. The answers to the questions we have about the pain and the... Uh, seemingly unending timeline of those things, maybe we'll find, maybe we won't. But I think in the end, the things that we thought were such a big deal, the end of the world, in, in my experience, those things, um, as I look back on them, aren't, aren't as crucial as I thought they were. Not to say they weren't hurtful. At the moment, mm-hmm. they were very difficult to, to get through. So give mm-hmm. yourself both the sense of um, space that you need to say this is hurtful and this is really just difficult for me and I've been praying for years and where's my answer? And then also give yourself the encouragement that you might need right now, which is you're going to get through this to see another day when maybe you've made progress um, towards either an answer or a resolve, but the least that you can do is just keep going. And mm-hmm. the most that you can do is, I think, to pray through it and to help other people who might be going through difficult things of their own. Science actually tells us that the more people give out of their need, the more they benefit in the end, even mm-hmm. more than the beneficiary of what they're giving. It's odd, magical science, but we've talked about this. A spouse uh, was in trouble. They're her marriage was not good with her husband. She asked for advice. The counselor said, give him what you wish he was giving you. So she gave him respect. She gave him love. She gave him kindness. She gave him, you know, she, she, just, she just really did an awesome job of being a really good spouse, even though she was getting nothing back. And she went back to the counselor, whatever, weeks or months later, and the counselor said, How's, you know, how are things going? And she said, they're going better, actually. I feel like I feel more satisfied in my marriage. And she said, great, you know, what did your husband do? And she said, nothing. That's not that he did anything. I've just been giving out of this need that I have, and it's really been helpful to me. Mm-hmm. So if you feel like you're lacking in an area of your life, 
Try not to see it as an area that you don't have enough of something, but maybe you have just enough to help somebody else in a way that they just really need Mm -hmm. it. And you never know what that can do for you in the end. Yeah. Yeah. And I think if you, and you can celebrate your weaknesses, you know, I mean, yeah. If, if you're a Christian, I'm sure you've read or heard, you know, in our weakness, he is strong. Um, I mean, that's something I take to heart regularly. Yeah. Because weakness is something I experience every day, you know, and, and if we can understand that weakness is a strength in a lot of cases, <laughs> um, you know, that can change the perspective. And the perspective is really what, uh, if, if you have the right perspective in this situation, um, you're putting your best foot forward, you mm. know. Um, don't let that fear be crippling. You know, acknowledge that fear. Uh, accept that fear. Um, and figure out how to move on either with that fear or move on past that fear. Mm. That's good. I like that. That was a really um, helpful topic for me personally. Yeah. And I I hope that it resonates with some of you guys listening as well. Yeah. I feel like it was not really a a drum topic, but... uh... (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you're right. Definitely wasn't. (laughs) It definitely wasn't a drum topic. I mean, it was Uh, for like four minutes. It was. If you're a drummer and you were hoping to get some drum content today, (laughs) we're sorry. But now yeah. that we've covered the drum topic, um, we'd like to now, dis- now discuss the faith topic. Yeah, the yeah, faith topic, which is <laughs> more of the same of what we've just been talking about. Um, <laughs> so, Slo- slowly um, and surely, Holy Ghost Notes is becoming what we've always wanted it to be. Just, just about life. <laughs> we just talk about life. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, actually, before we veer too far from the drum side of things, uh, I just want to... Remind everybody that uh, you can sign up for Matt Griner Lessons at mattgrinerlessons.com. It is super cool. Uh, Matt's actually going to be filming some more uh, playthroughs in the coming weeks. So Mm -hmm. um, more stuff, more content's going up on there. And if you are a patron supporter, so supporting the podcast and, um, you know, a member of the inner circle at the... Um, what is it? The, uh, the triplet and the ghost note tiers, the mm-hmm. top two tiers, $25 a month and $50 a month. Um, in addition to everything that, uh, we're offering you as, uh, as a patron, um, of Holy Ghost Notes, uh, we're also giving you access to mattgrinderlessons.com. So, um, so that's pretty new as of the 15th. Um, but you can also, uh, feel free to sign up directly to Matt's, uh, Matt's subscription service. Uh, yes. Yeah. 10 bucks a month at this point, right? Yep, that's right. 10, ten bucks um, a month, and I plan on keeping it there for a while. You will also yep. get Adam's drum videos. So Adam's been doing some really good lessons. Um, that's right. You'll get access to those. If you are a lower-tier num- uh, member, you are already eligible to see those videos. And if, if you'd like mm-hmm. to upgrade, obviously, it's all-inclusive at that point. So Yeah. Um, if you're a drummer, it's a good place to look for, f- for some education and hopefully some encouragement, as we just showed you uh this definitely not all about drumming on this podcast we leave that to (laughs) we leave the drumming a lot of times to the other assets that we provide as a podcast Mm -hmm. which as it turns out um happened on a drum set which seems very appropriate only so much you can talk about when it comes to drumming and so we (laughs) just end up (laughs) 
spitballing into like, <laughs> so stage fright. The, how do we make yeah, this yeah. not about drumming, you know? Yeah, right. It just goes a different direction. But I mean, as you said before, drumming uh, and musicianship in general is is very mental yeah. um, in that, uh, I, and, and physical. You know, I mean, if you think that, okay, so if I work out my, my calves today in the gym or if I work out my forearms, mm-hmm. um, most likely I'll be able to take that back to the kit and do some things that I couldn't do prior. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's the same thing with the mental side. Mm-hmm. If you are figuring things out um, mentally, uh, you know, your, your fears, uh, your restraints. Uh, we're about to talk about distractions. I'm sure that'll even play into drumming as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, all of those things can be taken back to the kit, I think. Um, so... Absolutely. It's all kind of about drumming as well. (laughs) But yeah, so check us out on Patreon, patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Like Matt said, um, Adam Gray's drum lessons are now available to the double tier uh, on Patreon, uh, along with all the other uh, incentives. And then, um, yeah, access to mattgrinderlessons.com on the top two tiers. Yeah, good stuff. Check it out. So distraction. Uh, Distractions. I um I want to say something about this just to start off. Yeah, go for it. In full admission, Tim and I are both busy people, much like many of you. Mm-hmm. I have a way of prioritizing things in my life that I'm starting to finally figure out after 34 years. Uh, 15 of which I've had enough brain power to f- figure out that it's probably important that I do something like that. So... Um, <laughs> What I do is this. I prioritize a couple things that are absolutely must happen, mandatory, no give, no compromising, doesn't matter what time of day, doesn't matter how little sleep I'm getting, they have to happen. Here's one thing. I'm not going to digress into everything else. The one thing is I write a page in a leather-bound book at the end of every day. Now, sometimes it's the beginning of the day, middle of the day. Most times it's the end because that's, as it turns out, when I have just a little bit of time. Most cases it's late and I want to be sleeping. But because I've committed my my time to this, meaning I've been doing this for, let's see, I started it in uh, March. So April, May, June. It's going on like three and a half months. Because I've been committed to it for, for so long, it seems like a great disservice to just skip out because I want to sleep for an extra 20 minutes. Hmm. I would recommend if you, right off the bat, you know, you hear the word distraction, distractions, and you think, okay, what, how does that apply to my life? Right off the bat, so many distractions. You could argue there are more than ever distractions hmm. available to you just in your hand in the way of an iPhone 11. Um, for me, it's that one thing can't compromise, can't not do it. Doesn't matter. I don't care what your excuses are. I don't care what the distractions may be. You have to do it. That's what I want to say right off the bat. Hmm. I like that. I like that. Um, and I think that's really where it's going to boil down to in the end of this conversation, because, um, that is the practical application of how you overcome distraction is by, you know, setting that goal and not wavering. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, distraction is is huge for me. I, I am not, 
I don't have ADD or ADHD or anything like that, um, at least not prescribed. Um, (laughs) uh, But, you know, I definitely know what it's like to be distracted. I know what it's like to um, push things off. And, you know, even the the most important things, um, oftentimes actually the most important things are the ones that I, you know, am too lazy to to sit down and do as of recent this is a very relevant topic to me because uh with everything going on in the world um it's it's not necessarily distracting me in in the way that you would say oh this it's just i'm just distracted i'm you know my mind is elsewhere that's not necessarily the case it's it's actually distracted me in that it's taken my mind and uh, it's exhausted me it's like everything that's going on in the world is exhausting to me. Um, and for, you know, the first time in a long time, you know, the things that are important to me, I feel like I'm in kind of a slump, Mm. you know, I'm fulfilling my duties. I'm, you know, I, I, I work my job, um, and I get things done on my job and I don't have a choice there. You know, I, um, I, I have a son. I can't neglect him. So, you know, spending time with him, taking care of him, putting him to bed, you know, getting him dressed, all those things. I can't neglect those. It has to happen. Right. That gets done. Right. Um, even stuff around my house, um, you know, uh, whatever, doing the dishes, doing the laundry, uh, cleaning, um, that stuff has to get done. So it gets done. But what I'm distracted from is the things that are important to me that make everything else in life a little bit brighter, a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. And for me, that's that's drumming, it's it's songwriting, it's being creative, it's um, you know, spending time on this podcast. So the last like two, three months have been so extremely hard for me to stay focused on those things, even though they're the things that I technically want to do. Yeah. Um, and it's not like everything else is taking up the time. It's just it's exhausted me and so all this kind of i think it 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 really comes down to i had to figure this out myself before even coming on this episode i think all of it really is distraction i'm distracted um uh my mind is i i i notice it i'm like i need to get on the kit i need to you know i need to record this i need you know i really need to pick up the guitar and i just need to write it'll make me feel so much better i know that Mm. same with working out like it's like I know working out will make me feel better. Mm. I know the effect that it has on my mind um, and on my body, but getting to that point where I do it, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's that motivation to actually do it. Um, just everything going on in the world has just distracted me from those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I haven't overcome that yet. So I am right in the midst of that. I don't think I posted on Instagram I don't think I've posted a drum video or even recorded anything. I don't think I've hit the record button sitting on the drum kit in like two months mm-hmm. um, because I've just been in this like slump, yeah. you know, and um, I've gotten on the kit. I've played uh, not as much as I want to, not as much as I should. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, I think it's, it is, it's distraction, mm-hmm. you know, I'm, I'm letting myself be consumed with everything else that's Mm -hmm. going on. Mm -hmm. Um, 
how do I overcome that? I'm sure a lot of you are feeling the same thing. I mean, there's a lot of similar things going on, not just in America, but just in the world right now. Um, so I'm sure a lot of us can relate. Um, I know for creative people, um, which not all creative people are, are more more emotional, but generally speaking, mm-hmm. creative people are more emotional, more susceptible to mm-hmm. uh, depression and um, anxiety and things like that. You know, I'm sure a lot of you are in, in a slump. <laughs> so um, this conversation, if I can just set it up right now with this kind of be, being built from what, what I just said, um, I would like to end this conversation with another challenge for, for all of us because I'm sure that a lot of us are feeling the same way, whether we're letting it affect us the way I'm letting it affect me is another story, but um, I want to have this conversation. I want to talk about distractions. I want to talk about what we should actually be focusing on because just playing drums and writing music isn't necessarily what we should just be focusing on. There's a lot of other things distracting us from what's really important. Um, So I want to talk about that, and then um, I want to get to a point in this conversation where we can all agree together um, to challenge each other and, um, yeah, have some kind, some kind of end goal. <laughs> we, we need to define what, what it is we need to do and mm-hmm. figure out how we're going to do it and how we're going to hold each other accountable. Um, so does any of that resound with you, man? Yeah, for sure. Is that, uh, does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. So what I'm hearing from you is there are things that are life-giving in your life and there are things that are life-sucking in your life. Mm-hmm. There are things that take from you and there are things that give. Certain things in your life are commitments that you have that you have to uphold, like your job, uh, relationships that you have to maintain, both out of love and then others maybe out of obligation or out of um, commitment. And those things, those things, work included, can be life-giving, but it can also require a lot of you. Then there are other things that are just a lot of times just pure trash, (laughs) like Uh the news. Um, It's important to be informed. I think as Christians, it is very important for us to know what is happening in the world around us, to allow the news to speak to us in a way that we are able to be criticized for where we might be wrong and might might need to be informed and learn and grow, treat others better than we did yesterday, treat them better today. And moving forward, and I think the news can accomplish that. However, um, it being a political year, it's going to be a very nasty culture. It's going to be a very nasty year, worse than 2016. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, um, if you haven't noticed, <laughs> uh, there there isn't a whole lot of uh, uplifting information coming at you as you're watching the news. Like I said, it's important to face the realities around us and learn and grow. However, for as much as you're consuming that, and I look at it as, um, I use the word consuming because as it pertains to eating food, we need to be edified. And that brings Mm -hmm. me to Philippians 4.8, which says, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever is true. Whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. What areas of your life are you pursuing 
consuming, thinking about these traits is drumming something that is life-giving 100 percent when you when you are detached from an iv and you need whatever is in that bag you're going to feel it that's what i see Mm -hmm. drumming drumming for me when i'm sitting down playing i'm i'm hooked up baby i am yeah i am i am happy and if i'm not happy i'm frustrated which makes me happy if I'm not, if I'm not frustrated, then I just figure something out, which makes me happy. Like everything about it is just, it's it's me. If mm-hmm. for whatever reason we latch on to things that are oftentimes more instantly gratifying to us than something like drumming, or something like, um, well, whatever is lovely, admirable, excellent, praiseworthy, pure, right, noble, true, because those things oftentimes take work to maintain and pursue but those are the things that in the end will continue to give us life those other things that are more fleeting are going to require more of us than what we can manage to contribute it's going to Mm -hmm. literally suck us dry and you will still be living you'll still be breathing but you'll be a shell of who you were when you were hooked up to that iv yeah yeah, I think that's it. And like, it's so. Here's here's a little story for you. Mm-hmm. Like, at my last job, um, for whatever reason, I had this thing in my mind that I I, I just had to work and keep working. Mm-hmm. You know, I was starting early, I was ending late. I wouldn't even give myself a lunch break. <laughs> and at some point, I started burning out. I started uh, getting to the point where it was it was like ridiculous. I, I was like, how am I working 12-hour days and not getting anything done? I'm not getting anywhere. Nothing's, you know, I'm not progressing. Uh, I'm working more. Why am I not progressing? And it's because, and my boss actually said, you get, you get an hour lunch break. You need to take it. Mm. You have to take He's your lunch right. break. <laughs> and this is, this, is as, this is like the most rudimentary, simple thing in the world. Yeah. But it's like... Um, yeah, and it, I started taking my full hour. I clocked out and clocked back in, uh, full hour, and man, I was so much more productive mm. just by taking taking a break and filling it with you know. Well, you know, our bodies need to eat. Mm. <laughs> we need to to stop every once in a while. We need to clear our minds. We need to put some music on. In my case, I was getting on my drum kit. Um, you know, and that hour meant so much to me and, and I was seeing it as me being lazy or me, um, not working hard enough, but really what it was doing was it was giving me the ability to work harder Mm. and make the best of that time. You know, um, my, my current boss, uh, you know, the job that I'm in now, like we talk about all the time, how we want to get to the point where we can actually offer our employees like four day work weeks, Mm. (laughs) you know, and incentivize them to get more done in the time, you know, like why do we have to be so strapped to this idea that we have to be constantly working? We have to fill ourselves with things that are uh, important to us, replenishing us, you know, Um, that's why vacations are important. Mm -hmm. I was just reading actually in the Bible, um, one of the commandments is to uphold the Sabbath. Mm. 
That's right. Um, and I was really thinking about that because it's not something that I do. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I work five days a week, sometimes six, and the rest of that time is filled catching up on everything else that I didn't get done mm-hmm. on, during the week. You know, it's, it's in most cases work. Um, and, you know, that's sometimes going to be the case for, for people, but really how valuable is that even just a day every week that you can stop mm-hmm. and rest and replenish? Uh, how valuable is that 20-minute, half-hour, hour-long lunch break in the middle of the day that just breaks it up, gives you time to stop, take some time for yourself? I mean, that's the thing. I think, like, this culture, at least in the United States, is so um, built around productivity Mm -hmm. and working hard. You have to work to get what you want. You know, you're working for the American dream, whatever that is, and... And we're so caught up in that, you know, it's a cultural thing. It's not just a, you know, it's, it's something that we're, that a lot of us are consumed with, whether, uh, whether we break out of it or not mm-hmm. is another story, but it's a lot, what a lot of us have grown up just thinking and, and being taught. And so we need to put importance on exactly what you said, dwelling on things that are fulfilling. Mm-hmm. There's a lot going on in the world right now. And by no means, are we suggesting that you don't take it seriously, that you don't stand up for what's right, um, that you don't stay informed? But what we are suggesting is that you still take a step back and take time for yourself, fill yourselves with things that are good. Um, and I am saying this reminding myself because, mm-hmm. like I said, I am still in this slump where I'm not giving myself mm-hmm. time to do that, you know, um, this recording this episode is giving is filling me mm-hmm. because this is something I need. This is something that is good. <laughs> it's good to be talking about these things. It's good to be filling up. Um, and like I, I see like, you know, obviously the, the commandments aren't things that we can uphold as, as humans. You know, we realize that very quickly. <laughs> we fail. <laughs> we can't actually withhold the 10 commandments. That's the beauty of what Jesus did. And, and, um, but uh, I do believe that the commandments were meant for us as a good thing. Um, and just highlighting that Sabbath one mm-hmm. <laughs> right now, mm-hmm. I think that was specifically, you know, it's a, it's a holy day, but the reason it's holy is because it's, it's just as much for you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not a day where you should be necessarily pouring out, yeah. you know, and... and Give, it's it's a day to receive. Yeah. It's a it's a holy day because you can rest mm-hmm. and you can rest in in God, you know, and it's for you. <laughs> um, yeah, I remember I remember my dad telling me years ago, you have eight hours. You should sleep for eight hours. <laughs> I slept for four <laughs> last night. Last night I realized that I'm still affected by caffeine after five p.m., which I did not know. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. <laughs> I slept for four. You should get eight. Okay. Eight hours, that leaves 16 hours, right? 24-hour day, mm-hmm. take off eight, you have 16 left. Typically speaking, you're working for, you should <laughs> be working for about eight hours. Tim and I are workaholics, yeah. and we work um, a lot more than that. Okay. <laughs> In most cases, and as it should be, you have eight hours to do whatever you want to do. Eight hours to sleep, eight hours to work, eight hours to do whatever you want to do makes up 24 hours in a day. Eight hours to do whatever you want to do. Think about that. Eight hours 
And yet, how do we choose to spend that time? I would argue how we choose to spend that time says a whole lot more about us than what we would like to admit. If we're choosing Mm -hmm. to spend that time consuming garbage media that in the end of the day, at the end of the day, rather, leaves us empty, then just make a change. Because what you're doing right now is prioritizing things that really are just withdrawing. They're not depositing or crediting or fulfilling any part of you. Besides Mm -hmm. maybe a little tiny dark corner of your brain that says, I need information. I need to know what's going on in the world around me. But that's that action it will provide you with no act with no results if there is inaction in other words if you're not using that information to make a change in your life or someone else's life it's just garbage it's just trash in the right. in the can that you need to right click and click empty at the end of every day which is exhausting so make a change yeah. you have eight hours to do whatever you want to do for me even though it's draining to think about sitting down and writing a full page at the end of every day every night after i do it i'm like oh man it's either that I'm really glad that I got it over with or I'm like really pumped that I actually spent that 20 minutes doing that or I'm like, man, this is, so, this is so different for me that I have three months of consecutive writing that I can look back on and actually have something to show for it as opposed yeah. to just pissing away time doing whatever else. So my challenge right. to you is to take a serious look at how you're choosing to spend your free time. If it is eight hours... Are you using any amount of that time? I'm not even asking for an hour, just 10 minutes. Like for me, it's not very much, 10, 20 minutes. I'm sitting down, not touching my phone, uh, not talking to anybody, not thinking about anything else beyond just sitting there and writing or praying and thinking about my day. My pastor calls it first and final 15. First 15 minutes of the day, final 15 minutes of the day. I think that's a pretty good start. I'm working towards that myself. But I would argue that, how we choose to spend that free time says a lot more about ourselves and what we want to admit. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's right on. So I think like I'm, I'm taking all this in and I'm, and I'm hearing this. I'm even listening to what I'm saying, (laughs) which is coming from a place of just logic and not, you know, (laughs) action, but yeah, but not necessarily action. What is the actionable item here? I think, um, and I'm going to go easy on some of you. I think that we all have at least a half an hour every single day that if we try, we can take it and use it wisely. Oh, you're going for it. 30 minutes. I'm going, I'm going for it. 30 okay. minutes. It's not a lot, but it's enough. I think take 30 minutes, find 30, 30 minutes. If you have to move things around, um, Try to find that 30 minutes. Start by doing that. Second, define what it is that is fulfilling to you. Is it drumming? Is it uh, writing music? Um, Is it just sitting on the couch watching your favorite show? (laughs) Uh, Whatever that is, what is fulfilling? What refreshes you? Um, Take those 30 minutes and spend Spend it every day mm-hmm. for the next what for the next two weeks. All right, we're gonna have another podcast episode on uh, on the tenth mm-hmm. of uh, of July. 
between now, today, the 25th, when this is released, and the 10th, every single day, take at least a half an hour and spend it doing the thing that you defined is good for you, is refreshing to you. I'm going to do the same thing. Mm, nice. Because like this podcast is is rooted around, I mean, yes, it's rooted around drums, it's rooted around faith, um, but really... What these conversations have been, at least for me, uh, I see us trying to improve ourselves as people and trying to improve the world around mm-hmm. us. And I think you have to start with yourself. Mm-hmm. Sure. How and long? I know I'm not. I'm not good to anybody. I'm no help to anybody when I'm yeah. in this slump. How, you know? how long so, do you want to do this for? Did you say thirty days? I want. I want to do it for the next at least till the next episode. So we've this this episode comes out on the 25th of June. Until the 10th of July, when the next episode comes out, I want us to try every day, 30 minutes, at least 30 minutes, spend it doing something or spend it dwelling on what is good. Uh, what, read that list again for me. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to up the ante a little bit here. Okay. All right, 30 for 30. 30 minutes a day for 30 days. Finally, brothers and sisters, okay. whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. True, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, excellent, or praiseworthy. 30 for 30. What do you think? There you go. 30 for 30. You in? I like it. I'm in. Th- I'm, in. in? I'm in. 30 minutes a day for 30 days. Those, that's the list right there. Yeah. Make sure that whatever you choose falls under that list. There you go. Okay, well, let's just agree that, um, uh, let's see, what's on Netflix right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what show are we going to binge Black together? Mirror. <laughs> that's, that's, let's just Black agree Mirror. that Black Mirror is probably not. <laughs> Most of those things. <laughs> probably I not. mean, it's excellent, but it's not praiseworthy it's or pure. Or, it is okay. not. Cool. In fact, it'll probably think make you feel much darker about the world. <laughs> uh, I think so. Yeah, that's good. All right, 30 for 30 it is. Nice job, man. That was a lot of fun. 30. Very convicting conversation. That was a lot of fun. I needed it. I know, um, I know it'll be helpful to a couple of you out there that I've talked to somewhat regularly and mm-hmm. have reached out to me about things that pertain to what we just talked about. So um, join us yeah. 30 for 30. Let's do it. 30 for 30. That's right. So, um, yeah, um, we, I'm sure there's, we're going to have to hit distractions another time because there's like a whole other side of distractions and focusing on, you know, the right thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we'll hit, hit on that another day. Right now, I think we've... Uh, we've said what needs to be said yeah. and, uh, and ended off with a challenge. So yeah. I like it. Me too. Um, cool. Well, uh, before we wrap up, um, as always, you know, we'd love to hear what you guys think. Um, you know, we've said a lot today um, and my GoPro just died, <laughs> of course. Anyway... Um, as always, you know, we, we've, uh, we've said a lot today, um, and we value your input. We value your thoughts. So, um, if you have any questions or have any input, we'd love to hear from you. Um, shoot us an email, Matt and Tim at the Holy or reach out to us on Instagram or on Facebook. Um, 
we love hearing your input. Um, and uh, we feel like you're just as much a part of this conversation as we are. So um, additionally, um, make sure you're using the hashtag Holy Ghost Notes on your drum videos. We do a Groove of the Week each week, and uh, they've been awesome. Mm -hmm. So super entertaining, really cool to see. Um, and yeah, if you're interested in supporting the podcast or uh, becoming more involved, becoming more a part of the conversation, we have an amazing community group um, all under uh, the Holy Ghost Notes Inner Circle, um, which you can be a part of by um, subscribing on Patreon. So patreon.com slash holyghostnotes. Like we said earlier in the episode, um, the top two tiers actually give you direct access to macrinolessons.com, mm -hmm. which is super cool. Um, and Adam Gray's lessons right. on the... Uh, Double tier. Um, and uh, other than that, uh, we've been posting some pretty sweet devotionals. Um, I've been learning a lot from them. And uh, those are all on our website, theholyghostness.com, under Peace Devotionals. So we've been going through the Book of Mark, and um, somehow after, what, 12 devotionals, we just got into Mark 2, <laughs> uh, or Mark chapter 2. <laughs> <laughs> so we're deep diving for sure. Yeah. Um, it's been cool. Um, yeah, but we love you guys. Uh, we really appreciate you all listening. Um, if you like what you hear, uh, feel free to give us a, a rating on Apple Podcasts. Those go a long way, apparently. So we're told. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I know we, ha we haven't had a guest on a little bit, but uh, we're hoping to bring a guest on for the next one. Mm -hmm. So we will uh, keep you posted on that. Sounds good. And that's all I got. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for tuning in and we'll see you next time. Yep. See ya.